there's this word called esser. It's this word to describe how God described himself in the in the new in the Old Testament. And esser means like helpmate. And the only other time that that word was used was when God described Eve. And so I just love that because God is describing himself the same way he describes the reason he made woman. In other words, like we were given this as woman, this God-given purpose and image and design in us to be like God, who is both soft and strong. Like the Holy Spirit is often called the divine therapist, like this divine kind comforter. That's another word. But then we think of God as like the strong fighter of justice. And so as women made in the image of God, which means that we are made like God, we can also be like he is, both strong and soft. A dream can be anything, whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually. Every week, the Dream Check podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. Hello and welcome back to the Dream Check Podcast, you guys. I am your host, Nicole Ivanoff. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for stopping by. And you picked a very amazing episode to start listening. Today we have my dear friend, Riley. And you know what? I'm not going to even attempt to butcher the last name. She's been on the podcast before and she says her last name is temporary anyway. So it doesn't even matter. We have Riley at Riley with Kurt on Instagram here today. She is just a powerhouse of a human. She's a prayer warrior. She is an author. She is a child of the most high God. And um, I'm just so excited for this conversation today. Last time she was on, we talked about the presence of God. And Riley just said a really powerful prayer over us. And we just pray that the presence of God is also on this episode today as we talk about how to be a strong woman, kind and gentle, but also strong and powerful. It's going to be amazing. Let's welcome Riley to the show. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I am so pumped about this topic. Like, I just know it's going to change so many people's mindsets. I am thrilled. And when, so Riley sent me a couple, we just kind of decided last minute, like what we were going to talk about. And she, you know, just being the queen that she is, she was like, well, here's the three or four topics that I think would be great. And I'm like, please work on my podcast for me full time. The second she sent this idea, I was like, it struck a chord even with me. And I feel like in society, you know, kind of like you said in, in our prayer, like so often as women, it's like, be kind be gentle, be submissive, be all these things. But no one ever talks about how to be both, like how we can be strong and how we can also be kind and gentle. And so I feel like you're you're so right. I feel like it's going to help change the mindset of so many women listening, which this podcast, I think, is 96%, you know, women listening. So. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think? I'm curious, like, just off the top of your head, like, what does it mean to be both like 
strong and powerful and also kind and gentle. Well, I was just thinking about how society wants men to not be soft and women to not be strong. But yet we were created with both. Like I just think of the image of God, like God, when he, there's this word called Esser. It's this word to describe how God described himself in the, in the new, in the old Testament. And Esser means like helpmate. And the only other time that that word was used was when God described Eve. And so I just love that because God is describing himself the same way he describes the reason he made woman. In other words, like we were given this as woman, this God given purpose and image and design in us to be like God, who is both soft and strong. Like the Holy Spirit is often called the divine therapist, like this divine kind comforter. That's another word. But then we think of God as like the strong fighter of justice. And so as women made in the image of God, which means that we are made like God, we can also be like he is both strong and soft. And this morning I was just thinking about how Jesus just like elevated women when he was walking this earth. Like think about the fact that the first people to ever figure out that Jesus had resurrected was women. Mm. And that's so cool. That's like I just full got circle. It's full circle because the, the significance of this is because the first sin was brought into the world by a woman, but then Jesus in his graciousness allows the first person to see sin defeated was a woman. And then think about how women, like when Jesus like sought out that woman at the well, he spent like a while with her. And here's this woman. First of all, a lot of people don't know this about the story is like she was at the well around midday. And usually women would always go and get the water in the mornings because it was way too hot. And midday was like socializing time. Like all the women in the town were like making friends and chatting. But here's this woman. And why is she getting water at midday? Because she was an outcast. And so Jesus like intentionally seeks her out and he spends time with her. And then he tells this woman, the first person he ever tells I'm the Messiah to is a woman. He's like, Jesus has disciples that are women, Mary and Martha. Then think about the way Jesus helped the woman who was bleeding. He calls her out. He like calls her out amongst the crowd. It's like, I could go on and on and on. But the point is we were made in the image of God. And then even when Jesus was on earth, he was like, I choose women and they are not less than they are equal to, and they are still made in the image of God. And while that image may be different than a man, it's still equally as important. And let's not forget that women bring children into this world. I mean, mean, (laughs) it doesn't get stronger than that. You're literally creating a miracle. Like God chose women to bear children. Like it doesn't get stronger than that. That, yeah, it's just wild to me because I do think that men, like you said, there is a stereotype around the men has, the, the man has to be strong. The woman has to be submissive and gentle. But I also think that God, like you said, like we have different strengths in different ways of those. Like, yes, the man is supposed to lead the family and the man is supposed to provide and be strong in those ways. But there's also 
like women, we also have our ways of strength. And so I, I want to kind of dive into like, what does that look like as like a Proverbs 31 woman, as like a woman of God, as a wife, as a mother, like what do those strengths look like? At, even as a friend, um, as a daughter, whatever it may be, like what does it look like to be powerful and strong, but also kind and and gentle and all these things that society, you know, kind of stereotypes as, you know, a strong woman or a kind and gentle woman. And so I, I was just curious as I was like doing my, my studying for this, what Google said about like a strong woman. And I was honestly shocked. Like I thought it was going to go totally an opposite direction, but you know, I Googled, what is it, what does it mean to be called a powerful woman? And I'll just kind of briefly go through and we can talk about it. But a strong woman knows what makes her happy. She shares her happiness with everyone, but is quick to protect it from those who choose to do it wrong or try to uproot it. She makes decisions that cultivate the life that makes her happy with courage, dedication, and perseverance. And she leans in. I kind of want to dive into that because I, I agree with it on, on so many on so many levels. Like a strong woman knows what makes her happy because... I think the negative thing about, you know, women with strength, it's you think of like aggressive or like overbearing. But when I think of strength or a powerful woman, I I think just that she knows what makes her happy. She leads a life with faith and um, she is, I also think being kind and gentle and you can like uh, give your input on this, but I also think being kind and gentle is a strength. I was thinking about this story about how my mom, she used to run this, uh, this charity in New Zealand, where New Zealand is one of the last countries in the entire world to still have Bible education in schools. But there was like this uh, secular company that was trying to get my mom and this, like trying to get Bible in schools out of schools. And I mean, it's so sad. It's literally the last country to have this. And um, my mom, she goes to the Mari tribes and she gets into meeting the chief of the Mari tribes in New Zealand because of her kindness. Like it was her kindness that got her into the, into the mm-hmm. door. And then there's this epic scene where my mom is walking into the courtroom where this company is trying to like say, no, Christian education shouldn't be in schools. My mom walks in with the Mari tribes behind her. Like my mom leading the course. I love her. These men (laughs) behind her. And it was so cool because this is like an image of what you're saying. It's like kindness wasn't a weakness. It was her strength. It was her kindness that even got her the meeting in the first place. But it was her strength that carried her to keep Christian education in schools. I have goosebumps. And it just made me think of the quote when people say, kill them with kindness. Because it's more powerful and effective to be kind to someone, especially when you don't want to be, than it is to be rude and angry and passive. Those things to me are weakness. And I think it's, it's flipped in society. And, and I think that's why that quote exists, kill them with kindness, because it is harder. It requires more strength to be kind in situations where you don't want to be, especially think of as a wife or as a mom, like the opportunities that, that are in front of you to lash out or to yell or to be angry. But when you choose love and kindness instead, at least for me, like 
I have to remind myself that it's actually more powerful to do that than it is to do what your flesh wants you to do. And that's what the enemy wants us to do, to choose our flesh, which is being lashing out in, in the heat of the moment instead of just being kind and showing love. And I think that shows more strength than anything else. And it can be hard to constantly give ourselves to the world. You know, like it's honestly kindness isn't the easiest approach. It requires something out of us. But I think about how there's just like the idea of like dying to yourself. Like Mm. it's just like this world, we get to live in it. And I just want to like, I just want to give my whole heart to this world. But that requires so much. And I know there's people that are listening that, you know, maybe something happened with a friend and you were really kind to the person and you feel like they were like using you for your kindness. It's, I just pray that you forgive them, but also know that kindness is always the right decision. And even if it requires a lot from you, and even if it means you have to go off and rest because you're being too kind, I would encourage you to do that. But know that kindness is admirable in the kingdom. Mm. Yeah, I think that ties into, I also Googled what it means to be kind and gentle. And a lot of the things were negative. They were, oh, a kind and gentle woman is a walkover. She's submissive. She gets taken advantage of. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Like, what is the balance between, you know, being kind and gentle, but also like respecting yourself enough to not be walked over or to not, you know, for me, like I'm a yes person for my friends. Like if they need me, I'm there. But I've I've also had friendship situations where, I be, always became that person. It's like, hey, I need your help. Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Can, because they always know I'm going to say yes. And like, where's the boundary? Like, where's the line of, of getting taken advantage of versus just being a nice person? Oh, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's definitely a difference between being a doormat and being a daughter of the king. Ooh, because I got a daughter of the king knows that She's like, I know my authority in God, and I know I can give and give and give, but I also know when to say no. Meanwhile, a doormat is like, I mean, I've been a doormat before, and it sucks, and you walk away, and you're like, I'm so tired, I'm so exhausted. Why did I I'm tired of being stuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and if, some, if, if you're listening and that's something you really have felt that before, I would encourage you to read the book Boundaries by Henry Cloud. And he talks a lot about not betraying yourself, like not lying to yourself. You know, like let's say, let's give an example. A friend calls you and they're like, hey, I really need help with this. And you instantly are like, no, I don't want to. But then your people pleaser kicks in and you're like, oh, okay, okay, I should, I should. What I do in those moments when I feel the tension between like wanting to love people, but also pleasing, but also knowing that night would be best if I just stay home and like have introvert time is I will say to them, hey, like, I, let me think on that. It's like, we say yes in the heat of the moment, but we just need to slow ourselves down and be like, okay, does this line up with my values? Am I like getting discernment that I shouldn't do this? Um, Or if that idea doesn't help, think about this. If somebody presents you an opportunity, what would your best, what would you want your best friend to do? Because I think we love our best friends sometimes better than we can love ourselves. Mm. Like, our best friend does something, gets stepped over, and we're like, girl, how could you let that happen? Like, are you yeah. But then we allow ourselves to get stepped over. So think, would I let myself, like, would I let my best friend do this? Those are like, and also no, no is a complete sentence. 
Oh man, that is a lesson I will, I think, be learning for the rest of my life. Nico read that book Boundaries uh, last year, and it, when I say it changed his life, like he is such a, he's an eight on the Enneagram, and I feel like he's really, <laughs> he's really good with boundaries for the most part, but not when it comes to people he loves and people that are closest to him, when there's like more emotions involved, and so. That book changed his life, so I can also highly recommend it. It's still on my reading list. I'm not I'm not as quick as of a reader as as my sweet little husband. Um, he loves to read. Um, it takes me a little longer to get through a book, um, which is totally okay. But I I do think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And I loved what you said, where it's like if someone asks you for a favor and your initial reaction is oh, I don't want to do it. What I've learned, but you want to please them, like then your people pleaser kicks in. I think it's like if you're doing it out of a place of obligation, like you feel like you have to. And I I personally think that's where it crosses the line. And that's even what I've had to learn within serving in church. Like it's okay to say no. No is a full sentence. And you don't have to over explain. You don't owe people an explanation of like why. And I'm that person that's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I would really love to, but I have this, 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 and this. When it's like, they probably didn't even care to hear that anyway. You know, just say no. And then you're kind of creating this image of respect for yourself, which I think also ties into strength because I'll share a quick story, which is so silly, but I had um, I had a nail appointment uh, last year at some point. And I had to cancel last minute, which is so unlike me because it was like a crazy work day. I had an emergency work situation come up where I had to edit photos like right away. And she was like, no worries. This is my cancellation fee. And this is the only day that I could do was a Tuesday, which is normally her day off. And she's like, and I charge two times my rate on my days off. And I, in that moment, was I like, why? Like, why? But also I was like, wow, I respect her so much more because she put that boundary up. Mind you, this woman who does my nails is the sweetest lady of all time. And the next time I saw her, she was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I was like almost in tears sending that text. I didn't want to send it. And I, I affirmed her like, I respected you so much more when I read that text because I was like, dang, like she knows her priority. She knows where she stands. This is her job. This is her life. Like, who am I to be like, oh, extra, like two times the rate. Like, that's ridiculous. In my mind, I like kind of thought that. But outwardly, I was like, you know what? Like, I respect her so much more. And I think that shows a strength that she had. And again, like it just made me respect her more. And I think we forget that a lot of times with boundaries do create, I guess, in some form, like respect, like people respect you more when you have boundaries. And if somebody doesn't respond well to those boundaries, it tells you a lot about that person. Totally. You know, if you say no to a friend and she like starts being like emotionally manipulative to try to convince you there, it's like, oh, okay. That's just saying a lot about that person because maybe that person also really struggles with boundaries. And know that you're going to make things that just don't make sense. And I think one of the um, one of the best ideas I had learned from a therapist is she was like, okay, Riley, imagine you are standing in a circle. And inside your little circle is all your thoughts, your actions, your decisions, your emotions. And then there's somebody else's circle. And inside that circle is all their thoughts, their actions, and their emotions. And she said, we so often think the two circles overlap, like they interlock lock with one another, but they don't. What 
you're only responsible for your actions, your thoughts, and your emotions. And yes, ours do influence somebody else, but we're not responsible for somebody else's. Nor are we responsible for the way in which they respond to our thoughts, our actions, and our emotions. But sometimes, unless the only thing I think that might apply to is like in marriage, because two are literally becoming one. But other than that, you, it's okay just to be like, all right, like, um, like the other day I had to like say no to somebody that was like pursuing me. And inside me, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to break his heart. And I was like, you probably did. I think I did. Uh, But even when I was sending the text to him, I was like, oh my gosh, like Riley, like I wanted to like send this really long text. And my friend was like, no, you're not responsible. You don't have to overcompensate. You don't have to over compliment. You can just say, no, don't feel peace. Great meeting you. And you know what? Like that to me is so bad you know, the rest of the word, I just find that so, and it feels good. Like the, it, it feels good to not have to over explain yourself. It really does. It, 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 to me, like it's hard to do in the moment, but it's like anything, like the more you do something, the easier it becomes. So the more you practice, like just saying no without over explaining yourself, the easier it will become. And I, I think that's a, a very powerful tool that women can have in their pocket is just saying no without over-explaining themselves. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> oh, I'm like trying to like soak in everything you're saying and also, you know, host, host the show. <laughs> you're doing a great job, honey. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so speaking of strong women, I, I found this article or more like a blog that you know, named nine of, you know, strong women in the Bible. Um, And I'm kind of going to go through and then I I want you to share like what you think would be maybe the top two or three takeaways of like this strength of a woman, like we must all have this or we should all have this. Mm, That's good. So there's Esther. So her obedience known for her, her obedience and gratefulness. And I honestly, I don't even know all these stories. So I saved this blog post. I'm like, I need to go through and read all of these. Don't worry, girl, I got you. <laughs> I know you do. That's why like, I wrote all these down. I'm like, I know Riley knows all of these stories. So she's literally <laughs> perfect for this. Benefits of being a pastor's kid. Yes, I love it. So there's Deborah, which who I didn't even, I've never even heard of before. She was a phenomenal woman. She listened to the voice of God. Mary, mother of Jesus, strong in her faith, uh, an amazing woman who said yes to the call that God had on her life. Hannah, I never knew Hannah, fervent in prayer. She was a remarkable woman of faith. Sarah discovered that nothing is impossible for God. I love that. Ruth, loving and loyal, uh, will teach you how to love well. Rahab, fearless and full of faith. Miriam, we will learn to dance like Miriam in the Bible, but take note, she didn't finish well. I found that interesting. Martha, we will learn to serve and have faith like Martha. Mm. So those are the nine. That's I, so good. I want, I'm curious of what, what story stands out to you the most when you think of gentle and kind and strong and powerful. Mm. Well, I just, first of all, I just want to say, like, as women of God, like, how cool it is that, that these, this is our history that these women are our history. Like I heard a um, pastor the other day say, like you inherit your faith. 
Like there's just something about faith being passed down and passed down. Like we have, and God is still the same and his power is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's like the same power that was in those women is in us today. And so like when we are in that moment where we're like, I don't know if I have the strength, pray for the strength of Mary, pray for the strength of Rahab. Like these women were like baddies for the kingdom. And I love that. (laughs) I was in the moment of like tearing up and that just made me laugh so hard. I love it. Baddies for the kingdom. And I love like, even like I was thinking this morning, there's this lady called JL and she single-handedly took out an army general with a tent stake in the Bible. It's like Judges 4.21. She drove the peg into his temple and into the ground and he died. My girl, that's maybe not the kind of baddie I want to go for, but you go, girl. But yes, strong and powerful for sure. (laughs) But to answer your question, um, I mean, I was just, I think all these stories stand out to me, but I think the story that I was thinking about the most is Mary. Because Mary, you know, an angel appears to Mary and says, like, you're pregnant. Like, you're going to have a child. It's going to be the son of God. And her, like, okay. And if we know, like, knew the context for Mary, what happens is because she's not married, like, the fact that she's pregnant out of wedlock would mean that she would be, first of all, an outcast. Second of all, she could be stoned to death. And yet, she knows this the moment that angel tells her she's going to have baby Jesus. And yet, what's her response? She instantly goes, man, blessed am I for you, God, to fulfill your promise through me. And then she mm-hmm. starts singing. Like, it's in Luke. She sings a song about how blessed I am, how blessed I am. And I'm like, wow, that is both strength and kindness. For her to instantly be like, God, I worship you and I trust you. And um, I love one of Lisa Bevere's quotes. She says, woman, you are breathe- God breathed answer, not a problem. The original reason women were created was to be an answer to a problem. Is that men were not good to be alone. And, and men needed something more to create, like bring the kingdom down to earth. And it was women. Like for the woman listening to this, you are not a problem. You are not a burden. You are a blessing. You are God-breathed answer into this world. And I just pray that with every opportunity that God gives you, that you just receive it. And you, even despite the danger, the risk, the way that this opportunity that God is giving you might ask you to leave your comfort zone, that you know you are literally a walking answer to this world. Like you were created for such a time as this, that God knitted you in your mother's womb. Like you're beautiful and kind and strong. And I just pray that you continue to walk in that inheritance that is in you from Mary. Mm, that's so good. And and what I love about what you said in the beginning, how, you know, when she was told she was going to have, you know, baby Jesus, that instantly she had that thought of, I could be stoned to death. I, I would be considered an outcast. And I think of anyone maybe listening who feels like maybe they're in a cycle of sin or maybe they are in a situation where they feel like maybe this wasn't God's plan for your life. But remember that if you're going through it, God, God is with you. Number one. And number two, I just love how Mary was singing and like, thank you for this blessing and trusting 
that God is in control and this is his plan for your life. So maybe it wasn't your initial plan, but God is in the middle of it and God is going to see you through it. So if you're going through anything where you feel like this isn't what I had planned for my life, this I wasn't expecting this, I, I'm sure Mary wasn't expecting that. And she was singing through it, calling it a blessing. And so whatever you're going through, switch your perspective and consider it a blessing because God is in control and just trusting his plan for your life. And we talked about strength. You know, I just had a friend, um, she left for rehab for six months uh, yesterday. And I could get emotional talking about it because she called me and um, she just was like, I need prayer for strength. And um, I just felt so bad for her because I don't think she knows the depths of the strength that she has through God. And and that's just going to be my prayer for her over the next six months. Like, God already gave you that strength and that courage. Like, you don't have to do it alone. And um, I just know that there's other women in that situation. Maybe it's not something as big as, like, going through a rehab and and uh, being away from your family and friends and feeling like you're all alone, like you're not alone, like God is with you, like you don't have to lean on your own strength because you can lean on his strength. And I just think like any anyone who's listening who maybe doesn't feel like they have strength or or they're not powerful, maybe they feel weak, actually. For me, it's like I my prayer for her and when I talked to her on the phone was like, you don't need to rely on your own strength at all. But what would what would you say to that person who just they just feel weak in every area of their life? And sorry, I literally never cry, so I know that was the Holy Spirit. Nico's gonna you be know, like, actually I feel like <laughs> I actually feel like I don't I don't the presence of God is so on you right now. Why don't you just pray right now for the person that is listening that just feels weak and doesn't have the strength? Yeah, I would love to. God, we just pray over whoever is listening right now and and feels like they are weak, whatever area of their life that they feel that, that they would be reminded that you are not weak, that you are holding their hand and you are with them and you see them and you feel them and that they can rely on your strength, on your wisdom, on your courage um, to get through whatever their situation may be, that they can rely on you. They don't have to do it alone. You don't want them to do it alone and that you are with them and that you love them, that you love them so, so, so much and that they would just be reminded of that throughout their day when they when they finish listening to this podcast whether they're driving in their car or they're sitting at home whatever it may be God that you are with them and that they are reminded in every moment of your strength not their own and that that would help them get through whatever uh, whatever situation that is weighing on them and is making them feel weak because they are the opposite of weak they are strong because they have you in their heart and so we just thank you we just thank you in advance uh, for your strength God Amen. Wow. I was literally, my eyes were literally shaking when you were praying. That was like such a moment. Yes. Thank you, God. I just was, when you were praying, I was reminded of this vision that I got as a kid. And it was like, I saw two, I saw two um, footprints in the sand and I knew it was God and I walking. And then all of a sudden it was one footprint. And I asked God, like, God, where did you go? did you leave me? Like, it felt like it was like a vision of my life. And I was like, God, like I'm all of a sudden walking in the sand all by myself. Like, where did you go? And God said, 
I didn't leave you. I picked you up and I carried you. Oh my gosh. It's just like God, God wants to carry you. Like Mm. there's women that are listening to this right now and you are carrying the weight of the world. And God is like, would you let me carry it? Like it's that scripture, cast your burdens upon me because I care. Jesus is in front of you right now. And he's like, would you give me your burdens? Because I can not only, I can carry your burdens and I can carry the world. Like I have no limit to the capacity in which I can help handle the things that you are going through. And you know, these stories of women is like a story after story of, of a woman who chose to trust Jesus. It's Esther who goes in front of the king and is like, I could risk my life by saying, hey, I'm Jew- Jewish and you're about to kill all the Jews, but she leans on God's trust. You know, it's Rahab who is like a prostitute and she lies on behalf of um, Joshua to save them and ends up being in the lineage of Jesus, a prostitute. It's, it's Mary who is like, God, I'm going to bear your son and I need you to do this. Will you carry me through it? It's Deborah who is like this like judge that literally led Israel, like the entire country for a season. And she's like, I can't do it without God. It's every story is best written when we surrender and we submit to God. It's so, it's such a powerful image to think of when you said like, God said, no, I picked you up and carried you. Because I think a lot of times when, when we go through battles or go through tough times, we just, by default, we're like, well, God left me. Well, he's not here. And that picture of, no, I picked you up and I'm carrying you. And that doesn't mean the battle is over, but that just means I'm still here with you. And I I heard this quote on a podcast I listened to recently, and I find it just so, like, just such a good quote. And he said, God gives the hardest battles to the strongest soldiers. And what you're currently going through has nothing to do with you, but it'll be a testimony for the soldiers that you'll lead one day. So be selfless. And I I was like... I was like, oh my gosh, like, because everything that happens to us is for other people. And I truly believe that when, so when he said, so be selfless, and that could be so harsh to hear when you're going through something so hard or so difficult. And I think it is meant in a kind and gentle way, be selfless, like go through this battle knowing I'm carrying you. And when it's over, because it will end, you get to help someone else. Like you get to share your story and lead another soldier or another woman or another, another family member, whoever it may be, that's going through something similar. Like God will get to use you in that, in that situation. And I thought that was so powerful. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, whoever said it, the the guy, his name is Gary Gilly, Gilliam, I think. Um, it was on Chelsea <laughs> and Judah Smith's podcast, and he was sharing just his his testimony and his story and how that quote that his one someone who led his um, I think it was like a second mom to him, and he was like, "Why am I going through this? Why am I going through this?" And she said that quote to him, and he said it changed his life, and now he's doing just that. His story is helping hundreds of thousands of children. So it's wild. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. I think when we get into those moments where it's like, man, life just feels so hard and so difficult. I think there is strength that comes when we put our focus on other people. Like I remember when I had first moved to uh, America 
And I was so lonely because I moved from New Zealand to America to a country. I don't know anyone. I don't know how to drive on the other side of the road. It was so <laughs> lonely. I know. That's I a real problem. <laughs> I know. I drove down a few one-way streets the wrong way. And I, was hey, like, I, I do that sometimes. <laughs> and I've lived here my whole life. So. And then I was like, what is the social security number? Why can't I tell anybody, everybody my number? Like, is it like your phone number? Here's my number, everybody. I literally was taught from such a young age, like, don't share it with nobody. Like, even at the doctor's office, I won't write it down on the piece of paper. I'm like, oh, I'm getting all these scam calls. I have to love me. But the point is, like, I was so, so lonely. Like, I, I, I was in this, like, tiny little tiny little house the bed folded from the wall like I was broke as can be I remember one time I sat in front of my um fridge and I had milk and eggs and I was like thank you Jesus for my milk and eggs and that was it and I just remember being like so stuck in myself like in my head and I just like was I couldn't get out of this funk that I was in and God said the cure to your sadness the cure to your loneliness is to serve others and so I, that next day, like went to Trader Joe's, got some food, make some, made some brownies and went to the shop, to this local park and started giving out brownies to people experiencing homelessness. And I remember I walked away and I felt alive. Like I had, fe- I felt this feeling that I've been wanting to feel for so long. And so if you're in that similar place where you feel in a funk, where you feel like anxiety and depression, like I would just encourage you. To, to do something for somebody else because I truly believe the most worthwhile maker of a life is live for others. Like when your life is about other people, it just, there's just such joy and freedom. Like the purpose of your life is to love others and, and love God. And so when we focus on the others, I think that's going to increase your strength that you're desperately wanting. It's so wild you say that because this other podcast that I listened to, this guy, Ed Milet, he's kind of like a Tony Robbins, like a motivational speaker. And he coaches and mentors very successful, wealthy people. And he said the first thing when they come to him, hey, I want to be mentored by you. I want to take my money to the next level. I want to take my business to the next level. I want to take my career, whatever it may be. The first thing he does, it's a requirement to even work with him, is to start some sort of foundation. And he says it's a requirement because if you're not willing to give and help other people, I cannot help you. Because the number one key to success is to give and serve others. And so that's his number one requirement. We're going to take some of this money and we're going to either donate it or start a foundation. And if you're not willing to do those a, I can't help you because you can't be helped because you want to hoard everything you have. And he says most of these people come to him, have all the money in the world, but they're unhappy. They don't have joy. And so what he says and what he's learned is what brings all these people who come to him the most joy is giving. And they don't even know it until they do it if they've never done it. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so, I mean, I like you said, like even the personal situations, like, I feel my best self when I'm serving others. And and I think that is powerful. That is strength. That is being gentle. That is being kind. Like just a life, like having a servant heart is strength in all of those areas. Mm, that's so good. 
which by the way, I do think is why the, the Bible says to serve your local church. I don't really think it's about the church. I, I really do think it's about you. I think it's about the community and, and serving others and what that does for your heart. You know, remember, everything comes back to our heart. Yeah. I read this poem the other day and they were talking, it was like, it was God and an angel had a conversation and the angel, God was getting so excited and the angel was like, well, the person didn't do anything. Like this person didn't do anything, but God says to the angel, but did you see the movement of their heart? Mm. And it was saying like, God gets the most excited when it's a posture change of your heart. Like it's a shift of your heart when you're still being just as kind, but you decide to let go of that bitterness that you're feeling because you're feeling like you're using being taken advantage. It's like, like when our heart shifts, God's like, yes, because God is like an inside out God. He cares so much more about our character and our heart. And then he does about what we do. Mm -hmm. Which is why, you know, even when it comes to tithing, it's like, if you're giving out of obligation or you feel like you have to like, that's the wrong heart posture. You want to give because you know that God first gave to us. And um, I think, again, it just goes back to everything in life. It's a heart posture. It's like, oh, is this outfit or picture inappropriate or unmodest to post? Well, what is, like, what is your intent behind it? Is your intent for, for affirmation and attention and whatever? Or is your you know what you get what I'm saying it's the hard posture behind it like what is your intent behind it and remember God always knows our hard <laughs> yeah. posture um and I think that's where I had at least for me the most transformation um it's like the the quote uh and I, I'm sure I've said it on the podcast before but to think you can love God without being changed by him on the inside is to think you can jump in the ocean and not get wet <gasps> It's so good, right? <laughs> so good. It's like if you if you open your arms and let God into your heart, you wow. will have transformation and it'll be the best transformation of your life. Yeah. And I also believe you can never outgive God. Like I've learned that from, you know, a lot of my work I do. I work with like um, work for the largest homeless shelter in San Francisco. And so I have like a lot of relationships with millionaires and billionaires that love Jesus and give away crazy amounts of money. And they will tell me, Riley, you can never outgive God. Like the number of stories I've told from people who like an act of obedience that they gave this massive like million dollar check, even though they kind of couldn't afford it. And then two days later, suddenly their stocks skyrocket and they get double of what they gave. Like that's just the God we give mm -hmm. because there is no cap to heaven's bank account mm -hmm. and so like god if you're being generous with your finances generous with your time god is going to come through but i also know i want to also supplement that conversation with the idea of rest because like we can give 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 especially our time not so much our money and then we end up being exhausted but like think of how jesus like his life sometimes didn't make sense. Like he'd randomly like go on the lake. He'd be like, y'all peace out squad. He'd like go in the middle of the lake on his own on a boat and we'd just chill with Jesus. I'm chill with God, I mean. And then like other times we'd be like, Jesus took a nap. I'm like, my in boy. In the middle of a storm. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> so like it's about giving and knowing you can't outgive God. And then also listening to the rhythms that our body naturally needs so that we can give from an overflow. 
Mm. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to pour from an empty cup. Mm. What are some other ideas from you? Because you're just like, I mean, I've seen your life. Like you give and give and give. Like I was thinking about, I think it was on your Instagram story or something when you were talking about the number of photo shoots you've done for free. <laughs> and like you just are, so, you are so giving and helping and loving and kind. How have you lived that life and learned to not be taken advantage of? And I know that's something it's still learning. Yeah, it's always a work in progress. I think for me, like, I've had to come to terms with the, like, everything I have is not mine. So, like, God has given me this gift of photography. And who am I to, first of all, I love it. So the money is like, I'm, I'm very blessed that I, I get to, you know, make a, a life out of it. Um, and it pays my bills, but also I don't do it for that. Like I genuinely love it. I love taking pictures of people. I love creating memories. Like if I could shoot every wedding for free, I would, because I genuinely love it. And I know what it gives to the people whose wedding it is, you know? And also I was so blessed on my wedding day that I feel like, I want to give to other people. If I feel like God is saying, bless this person, I know how expensive photography can be. And I know what a blessing it could be to offer it to someone at half cost or at free, free cost. And um, Nico had asked me a question, however long ago it was. And he was like, how many free weddings do you think you did last year? And I was like, I don't know, probably the same amount as paid ones I did. (laughs) And I, when I, when I said it, I just like, I didn't even realize it because I genuinely, it's not something I really think about because, and to me, you know, my husband will say, well, you know, your time is very precious. Let's maybe put a cap or a boundary (laughs) on like the amount of free work you're doing. And I don't think about it because to me, it's like, I'm not burdened by giving to other people. And I genuinely I don't feel burnt out. I don't feel bothered. I don't feel like I have, I go to those free weddings is with just as much joy as the paid weddings, if not more, because a lot of times it's my friends where I'm like, I want to gift this to you. Like, I'm going to be here anyway. I don't like, I genuinely love it. I don't mind doing it. I do think like, you know, once we have a family and children, I do think there will be a time where I'll, I'll be able to give, give in another way. Um, obviously I, I can't be, shooting 40 weddings, doing half for free, (laughs) half for money when I have, you know, babies or whatever. But I do think it's a balance. And I do think it goes back to the thought of like, whatever gift or talent you have, whether you're an accountant, or you're a real estate agent, or, you know, a teacher, whatever it may be, I I do think that we are supposed to, to give with our with our gifts and, and our talents. And if you see someone who, I don't know, at least for me, like if I if I had the gift of teaching, let's just say math or something, which totally like not in my wheelhouse, even a little bit. And I knew someone in church or I knew a friend whose kid was struggling with math. I would probably offer to tutor. And I I think we are called to do that. I think giving is not just with our money, but it's also with our time, our talent. And I think it goes back to the thought of every, nothing we have is ours, you know, Everything we have is from God, and so it would be selfish of me to keep it for myself or just keep it for the money because let's remember, or let's not forget that like the money is, God is the one providing these these jobs. And, and it is funny because every free job I do, I literally book a paid job from. And so it's, it, it's like your story. It's like God's like, 
I see you. I'm going to bless you more. And, and I, and I just think that it's no coincidence that that happens every time. And I, I just, I, you know, that hard transformation of jumping in the ocean and, and expecting to not get wet when I gave my life fully to God. And I truly, it brings me so much joy to be selfless. And it's like, I didn't used to be like that. I used to be like, that would be something that my family members would say, like, you're so selfish. Like that was like my thing growing up. Everything was always for me, about me. And when I let God into into my heart, like that was, I think the main thing that he changed in me was learning how to be more giving and selfless. And now it's what brings me the most joy. Mm, That was long winded. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It is a balance for anyone listening. You know, you have to learn what works for you if you're wanting to, you know, give your talents and gifts. Mm, Yeah, that's really good. What do you think is the biggest lie that society tells us about being a gentlewoman or being a strong woman? Mm. That we can't live in both. You know, we live in this tension where it's trying to be kind and strong and society thinks of us as sometimes either too passive or too strong, but you can be both kind and strong. And I I just know that God created us with the ability to do multiple things. You know, he, you know, it's like he gives us more than one gift. He gives us like, he just is an abundant God. And so I think we can walk the line and do both. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I know it's possible and I've seen it. I've seen it in my mom's life. Like I think about how my mom showed up to another meeting and she like goes around and she gives tea to everybody. And my people just assume my mom is the assistant. You know, she's offering tea to people. And it's like that kind, soft, womanly, like serving, like, how can I serve you? And then she's, everybody's like, okay, everybody, welcome to our speaker and CEO of the day. And people are like, girl, what? Like, I thought you were the assistant. But it's like, she tricked people with her kindness in the best way mm-hmm. possible. And then she gets up there and like, gets a multi-million dollar deal signed. I'm like, my girl, there we go. It's there just we like go. we can, we can <laughs> be both. Mm-hmm. And we should be both, I think. Mm-hmm. And I also think, again, if you, if you can be, if you can be kind and gentle, in like we had said earlier, I think kindness and gentleness also equals strength. I, I keep yeah. wanting to say that. Like, that makes sense, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> and and yeah, I think, totally. too, it also it ties into the, like, those people just assumed your mom was the assistant because she was doing a task that m- m- people might assume was below her. And I just think, like, we're not below, we shouldn't be below being kind. It doesn't matter what level we're at, what authority we have, like, women, we are not below being kind in any situation. I don't care if you're the CEO. I don't care who you are. If you can't be kind, like that's a, that's a heart problem that, you know, might need to be addressed. (laughs) Yeah. Or like how Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. Exactly. Like the, the servant hearted. Yeah. Servant, talk about servant hearted. Like, get down on your knees and wash the feet of the disciples. If that, if Jesus did that to me, I'd just cry for like a day. 
Mm-hmm. And weren't people like, what are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, and that's why I keep saying like, to me, that is strength. Like people are assuming, okay, it's Jesus. Why are you down washing feet? Not necessary, but Jesus knows like, actually, yes, this is necessary. This is a sign of strength. This is a sign of, I'm not above, I'm not, you know, whatever, like your mom's story, like that to me. And that probably made those people in that boardroom or wherever she was respect her so much more to walk away with. We want to continue a working relationship with this CEO. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about how, like, it's so cool because I grew up in that environment. And so the other, a few weeks ago, I was speaking at this conference in Florida and I got in there and like my, I had two assistants assigned to me, which I was like, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> and they were like, Riley, like we've never had anybody. Like I was like, do you need water? You need to sit down and rest. Like the whole day I was like <laughs> making sure my assistants were okay. And they sat me down at the end and they're like, Riley, we've never had anybody care about us in the way that you did. And then earlier on before I spoke, and I say this because it's not glorifying myself. It's glorifying what was passed down to me, which is kindness as strength. And so like before I had even spoken, I was going out in the crowd and nobody knew who I was, like maybe a few people. And I was going out and just like making friends with people and welcoming them. And these girls were like, you're so good on the welcome team. And I'm like, yes, I am. But I'm always about to get up on that stage and preach a sermon in 45 minutes. (laughs) I love (laughs) that about you, though. It's like the world, the like, I just love that God is upside down, you know? And what I mean by that is like the first will be last. The humble and the meek will be elevated. The servant hearted, not the most powerful is the one that actually ultimately has the most leadership. And there's just like little values that you'll find. And they're not even little, like big values that you'll find in the Bible that say that like the opposite of what we think, you know, like in society, it's like, do, do, do hustle, 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 which are all great things. But 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 God is more about the heart. It's just like all these things are upside down in the kingdom. And I That's do like believe that what you said. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, girl, chill. It's like where you're worried, I'm sl- literally sleeping. I'm sleeping in the middle of your storm, which means if I'm not worried about it, neither should you. And I always go back to that. You guys, Riley prayed before we started this combo, and she just really prayed that the presence of God would be here and that you know, that God would just take the conversation. And just the simple fact that I cried was God was there. God God took this conversation. And I really hope that um, whoever needed this conversation um, really felt the presence of God as well. And so, Riley, thank you so much for your time. You little preacher star, I just cannot with you. <laughs> you you guys Riley just preached I know she just said at a um that it was a heart of dating conference mm-hmm. do you have the full video could we link it yeah somewhere? It's on the yeah yeah it's I can send you the link but it's also in the link in my bio on Instagram okay we will post it in, in the description of this episode because you just are so anointed when you speak and so anything you have to say I just always recommend anyone to listen to um, <laughs> thank you. but thank you so much for coming on and blessing us today and blessing me and uh, I just love you so much and your friendship and yeah just honored to have you on again and this will not be the last time I love this I'm so here for this <laughs> yes. alright friend have the best day ever 
Thank you. You too. Love you.